And I want to encourage someone that finds themselves crying because of their grief. It is okay to cry. It is okay to be sad. It is okay to feel what it is that you're feeling. You're not wrong for it. You're not bad for it. When people say get over it, that's that is like one of the most insensitive things that people could ever say is to get over it because you don't. Good morning and God bless you all. Welcome back to another episode of Create with Kendra, a place where you can be inspired, challenged, and changed in Jesus' name. How about that? Now you see that I am wearing my pink on this morning, y'all. Um, I want to celebrate and acknowledge Breast Cancer Awareness Month. That is the month of October to where we spread awareness of breast cancer. Um, congratulations to those that have defeated breast cancer. If you are a survivor of breast cancer, we celebrate you on today. And we are praying for those um, families that have lost a loved one from breast cancer. And for those that are still going through that process, our prayers are with you. As we do every single week on Create with Kendra, we acknowledge a Black creative entrepreneur, businessman, or woman for doing what they do absolutely best. And this week, we are going to put our Black spotlights on Mr. Jacquez Wade. Jacquez is a Louisiana native. Shout out to Louisiana. He is the owner of the barber business called Q Fades. That is Q Fades with a Z. He is pursuing his barber license at Urban Barber College in Concord, California, where he has completed over 1,000 hours of service. That's impressive. Jacquez hopes to own his own shop one day that will provide clients with professional service, boost their confidence, and promote a space of self-care. To support, you can book an appointment through Instagram at qfades underscore that's QFades with a Z, or you can download the Booksy app and search up QFades. Jacquez, keep doing what you're doing. We are praying much success for you in your business. So today is, ooh, today is going to be something quite interesting. I can tell you for the past couple of days, I was, I, I didn't know what I was going to talk about um, for this episode. I was like, Lord. I ain't got no, uh, <laughs> at least by Sunday, I usually have an idea of what I'm going to bring to the table, but I, I, I just was lost for words. Um, and I just said, you know, I'm going to rest. I'm going to pray about it. God, when I get up in the morning and I, and I sit with you and I pray, just give me what it is that you want me to share with your people. And so, um, God laid it on my heart to share my experience with grief. And that's what we're going to do today. Um, just as a disclaimer, I'm not a professional. I don't have the answer to 
what it means to be quote unquote healed from pain. I don't know how long, you know, people process grief. I just want to share today, you know, a story and a little, a little bit of me and my family. And, um, one of the first, um, major losses that I've experienced in my life. Um, and so in, in, in hoping that that is an encouragement to someone. This episode is dedicated to those that are dealing with grief. This episode is also dedicated to my grandmother, Mary Ella Hilliard. 18 years ago, October 4th, marks 18 years of her passing. She passed when I was seven years old. Um, and no, it was a long time ago. There are moments to where I feel that that pain and that grief and that sadness and that sorrow is still fresh. And it's it's very interesting how it doesn't matter what age you lost someone at. In my adult years, in reflecting on how long it's been, I realized that the early childhood stages are crucial when it comes to who you admire, who you love, who you look up to. I had my grandmother for seven years, the first seven years of my life, which was a blessing. And those years and those memories will never be relinquished. She was my first hero. She was a primary caregiver. She was one of the loves of my life. And um, every year it, it gets hard around the month of October. And I wanted to share that just a little bit more with you. So um, before we get into that, let me tell you a little bit about her. My grandmother was a phenomenal, exceptional woman. She was born and raised in Alexandria, Louisiana. And um, like a lot of our grandparents um, were a part of the Great Migration. And what the Great Migration is, a lot of Black folks from the South migrated to Northern states, migrated to the West Coast to start a new life for job opportunities. Um, I heard somebody said, my family is from, um, on my dad's side, it, my family is from Richmond. And I heard somebody said, anybody from Richmond ain't really from Richmond. <laughs> um, I thought that was funny because, you know, a lot of um, our families migrated from Southern states. And so my grandmother, this is on my mom's side. Um, so my mother's mom um, migrated from Louisiana to Richmond, California. And she didn't come with a lot. She did not come with siblings. She didn't come with the husband. She didn't come with her parents. She came by herself. My grandmother had my mom at an early age and she decided, you know, I want to make a better life for me and my daughter. So I'm going to go to California. California was, I guess, <laughs> you know, uh, somewhat of a promised land, somewhat of an escape. And so she came, she left my mother in Louisiana, 
with my great-grandmother. And so when she came out here, she found a job, got established at her house, you know, got everything in order, and then went back to bring her, to raise her daughter, a single mother, a proud, strong, single black woman, right? Okay. And what I love about the struggle, because there is a lesson in the struggle. There is a victory in the struggle. And there is a lot of things that we can grab from other people's experience in their own struggle. Um, my grandmother had to stop going to school at a very young age, so she never learned how to fully read and write. So what does that mean when you go apply for a house or go apply for aid or have to go take a driver's test to get your license? Reading and writing is a part of an everyday life, but what does it mean for a woman that come out to come out here by herself to have to navigate life but not being able to do so at a full capacity. But guess what? She did it. And her example of saying, you know what? Even though I don't have the means, even though I don't have the skills, I came to do what I need to do for me and my daughter. That is what I call a black woman intellectual. You don't have to have all of the degrees. You don't have to have such a vast vocabulary or connections to high people in high places. You just have to trust God. You have to put in the work and go get it. And that's what she was. She was a go-getter. My grandmother as a mom, she made a house into a home. Not only did she keep a spotless house. I mean, (laughs) a house was hecka clean. But she fed the soul. My grandmother would feed anybody after, you know, if you if you got on her nerves, if you was late coming to dinner, she might cuss you out and then want to feed you right after. But she was such a such a welcoming and warm and beautiful person. My mom was telling me, you know, when she was growing up, becoming a young lady and a teenager, you know, preteen years, you know, my mom's friends would gather around my grandmother and um, she would give the, the birds and the bees or the other or the woman talk. And my mom would be so embarrassed. I guess that's where she gets her embarrassing characteristics from, you know, no shade, mama. Um, but that was a part of who she was. She was unapologetic. She didn't sugarcoat anything. She was such a caring and candid person. And she was the life of the party. She didn't come in and was, you know, was docile. She came in and you knew she was in the room. And that is something that I will always remember and celebrate. As my grandmother, like, Experiencing her as a grandmother, she was just so fly. Like, I thought she was like the coolest person in the world. I can really appreciate the fact, like, I grew up, like, with my parents, all we listen, and this is great, you know, God bless. I, <laughs> my parents, like, we grew up listening to strictly only gospel music, only gospel music in the house. But my grandma, you know, she loved her Motown. She loved her R&B. She loved her soul. Like, so all of the secular music that I find dear to my heart, you know, the 90s R&B, the 60s um, um, classics, whatever it was, 
Like I got that from her. And that is something that I appreciate now as an adult. I listen to music and I hear like, oh, I grew up listening to the song with my grandmother and just having those memories with her. She was my primary caregiver. You know, my parents, they worked really hard and they worked long hours. So, you know, I was with me, me and my sisters, we called her Gamma. I guess like when we were a kid, we just couldn't say grandma. So Gamma was her name and that's what we adopted to her name was. And so we were always with Gamma, right? And she would pick us up from school and have snacks ready in the car. Like it was, she was just like the best person ever, but don't try her or her kid or her grandkids. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Um, but she was a safe place. She was bold. And she was my hero. Um, October 3rd, 2003 was the last time that I seen her. And I remember it. It was the calm before the tragic ending. Um, we met up. I forgot where we were, but I was in the car with my mom and my two sisters and we met up with her. She was going on like a weekend trip or some sort of trip with some friends. And she asked my mom, do you need anything? Mom said, no, I don't need anything. I'm good. And we we hugged and we kissed and we said our, our I love yous. What I didn't know was that that was the last time I was going to say I love you and goodbye. October 4th, um, got a call that she was in a car accident. And so a parent dropped me off um, with my other set of grandparents. And they went to the hospital and they were there all day. And I, I remember like being at uh, my other grandmother's house and I was just like, oh, you know, my grandma, she, you know, she got into an accident and, but she's going to be all right. She's going to be all right. She's going to be all right. And, um, I remember coming home and my dad sat us down and he explained to us what happened um, that she was on a motorcycle and there was a um, an accident and that she didn't make it and then she passed and I remember being seven years old and at seven years old your heroes don't die I said what are you talking about like that doesn't make sense She's going to be okay. And he said, no. She passed away. And the pain. The pain of loss was so great. It, it was, um, I couldn't comprehend it. I didn't um, understand what it meant. It was the first time I lost someone so dear. Um, that was 18 years ago. 
I was seven and even still now at 25, I grieve and I'm saddened because she's not here. She wasn't here to see me go to prom. She wasn't here for my first heartbreak. She wasn't here for when I got married four months ago. She would, she didn't see me graduate college, but I know my mom tells me all the time, Kendra, she would be so proud. 18 years later, the pain is still very present. The sadness and tears come. And I want to encourage someone that finds themselves crying because of their grief. It is okay to cry. It is okay to be sad. It is okay to feel what it is that you're feeling. You're not wrong for it. You're not bad for it. When people say get over it, that's that is like one of the most insensitive things that people could ever say is to get over it because you don't. Some things you don't. And this might be one of those things. But I can tell you that with time, I'm able to acknowledge and look back and celebrate her. And what we do as a family, and our family here is small because most of them are in Louisiana. Like I told you, my mom, my grandmother came out here by herself. And then my mom, being a single child, an only child, she doesn't have siblings to lean on, right? And so what my mom does every October, the first of October, what she she does what brings her joy, and that is bringing out her all of her Christmas decorations. She has several trees, reindeer, like huge just Christmas goodness. And she decorates her house for the month of October all the way through December. Yes, that's three months of Christmas decoration, but that's something that makes her feel better. That works as a comfort for her. And so this week, um, she pulled the trees and everything out. And so this week I'm going over there to help her decorate and to spend time and look at pictures and stuff. But um, I just want to, I want to share this because grief is not always, it's never an easy thing. In doing what helps you remind you know yourself of the goodness of that person or what helps you get through something that you should do it's okay to cry but i would encourage you to do something that makes you feel good that reminds you of that person my mom you know we 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 cook my grandmother was an excellent cook good lord Still taste the turkey, turkey, turkey legs and neck bones and collard greens, honey. And I can still taste it. <laughs> I can still taste it. And so what we do to celebrate her life is that we cook a lot of her famous dishes 
and we eat at the table and reminisce on her stories and and bring in our loved ones and we talk about all the good times and we look at photos and we rehearse all of the pleasant and beautiful moments that we remember. We rehearse that. And like I said, I'm not, I'm not a grief counselor and I'm not, you know, someone that is a professional when it comes to this. But what I am is someone that knows pain. Someone that knows what it means and feels to lose someone that I am well acquainted with. That feeling of pain. And I want to remind people that it is okay to revisit those moments whenever you feel like it. To have those conversations just a little at a time and but just to take your time. For anyone that I know that, that loses a friend, a, a father or whoever, my prayer for them always is that you are able to grieve in waves. And what I mean by that is that grief sometimes can overwhelm you to where you can't function. I've been there. Sometimes people can submerge their pain and and cover it up with work or cover it up with alcohol or cover it up with staying busy and never revisit that pain or go about their lives and start new lives and and never revisit that pain. And when I say grieve in waves, I mean that some days you're going to have low days. Some days are going to be good and you're going to be able to celebrate and talk about that person. And some days you're going to be like, I need to be by myself. And so my prayer is that it doesn't hit you all at once. And it doesn't stay on your back for the rest of your life. But that when you need to cry, that you give your permission, give yourself permission to cry. When you need to to laugh or pull out a photo album, that you give yourself permission to go in the garage, pull them pictures out and look. That it's okay to ask other family members about stories so you can get a piece of that history. To revisit places that they wanted to go, but if it's too early, that's all right. But my prayer is that if that is you and you're listening to this, that you are able to grieve in waves. And also know that God is your comfort. He truly is. Um, I was reading a scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3-4. through um, And it reads, Praise be to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion, and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles, so that we can comfort those in any trouble that we have been comforted ourselves and received from God. We're able to comfort other people. Sometimes, you know, comfort is kind of 
kind of a, especially when it comes to grief, sometimes you don't know how to comfort people. But when you have been through something so similar and you are able to identify with that pain, then you know what that other person is feeling. And comfort isn't always giving the person a list of what they should do or what they have to do or what they should stop feeling. But just saying, I know what you feel. I've been there. And even praying for them. Because sometimes we don't know how to comfort folks. I've been in situations where I didn't know how to comfort someone. But thanks be to God, who is the God of all comfort, so that we are able to comfort other people. Even if that means sitting with them holding your hand. That means praying with them, praying over them. And not just within the season of loss, but whenever you think about, you know, so-and-so lost their, their mom or lost their spouse, if it ever just comes across your mind, just go and pray for them. Ask God to comfort Ask God to to be with them, right? And so we ask, I ask for prayers for me and my family as we come around again to the 18th anniversary of the passing of my grandmother. And um, I ask that you pray comfort. And for those that understand what that means to lose someone, if you know, you know, right? So we are going to go before the Lord in prayer. Um, with all hearts and minds clear, Father, thank you. Thank you so much for this day. Thank you for gifting us with just your presence. I, I want to thank you for feelings. What makes us human is that we have feelings. Feelings of joy, of happiness, of sadness, of sorrow, of curiosity, of wonder. Whatever it is that we feel, God, I thank you for gifting those things to us. Sometimes feelings aren't always the best experience for us, especially when it comes to sorrow and sadness. But God, you are the God of all comfort. That is what the word of the Lord says. God, I pray for those that are listening to this message and that have dealt with the loss of someone. God, I pray that you, the God of all comfort, holds them in the center of your hands. God, I pray that you speak to them, whatever it is that you need to share with them in order to build them up. God, I pray for those who have recently lost someone, that you help them grieve in waves. Don't let it all consume them. Don't let 
Grief drown them, God, but allow them to celebrate the life that once was. God, I pray that you give us strength. Oh God, you are our strength. You are our redeemer. You are our keeper. Oh God, I ask you that this message blesses someone. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, y'all. That is the word of the week. I hope this was helpful for someone. I hope that this can carry someone another day. And know that it is okay to cry. It is okay to be sad. Um, within that sadness, let's leave room for celebration. Let's leave room for conversation and um, remembering and rehearsing the good times. All right, y'all. <laughs> that took a lot out of me, but I'm so glad that I was able to share that with you all. You all are so precious to me as listeners, as a family. Um, so God bless you and have a beautiful week.